listening to Saved by the Spell, a DIY podcast featuring witchy tips, psychic insight, and advice about what's going on in the astro, sex, love, magic, and everyday stuff for you and me. I am your host, Marcella Kroll, and you're listening to episode 27. So this week's episode is based on this lecture that I just did this weekend, and I wanted to share it with all of you. The topic was healing persecution images, facts from fiction, how to heal our wounds, and then reclaiming the witch. How do we do that? It was followed by a ritual, which I did not record out of privacy. And also, I do believe that something should be kept hidden, veiled in order to harness their power and also to, you know, just give yourself something that you can be nourished by for those who did attend. And then really quickly, I just want to kind of address what's happening astrologically. I often say this, I'm not an astrologer, but I do like to pay attention to the weather and what's going on. Um, We are just coming out of a Mercury retrograde phase. Give yourselves another week or so for things to come back into sync Uh, realize that we're also in a Mars retrograde and Mars is our planet of action. And when that's going retrograde, you can sure as hell bet that, you know, any drive you might have might be felt more inward. You might be feeling the need to slow down. You might find that some projects and things aren't really taking off the way you would like them. You know, just be easy with yourself and know that Mars will station direct again towards the end of June and you should be rearing to go by then. It was a real treat to offer this programming this weekend under the full moon on the LA River. And I'm really grateful for the Women's Center of Creative Work and the Golden Dome School for asking me to offer such a thing. That was really fun and exciting to connect with some familiar and definitely some unfamiliar faces. I am really blown away. Um, I did get an email, and I'd love to address that now before I leave you guys with the lecture. And this email comes from Brooke in Australia. So Brooke wanted to know about the four directions and why I would ask them in or what they might be um, when I'm talking about ritual and asking for support. I usually say, you know, uh, I'd like to call in the four directions and any ancestors or guides and things like that, which when you're doing this, you're asking for support. Now the four directions, the four directions also represent the four elements. So in the north, we have earth. In the east, we have air. In the south, we have fire. And in the west, we have water. So you always want to invite in the four directions as a means of balance, as well as spirit or any guides or goddesses that you might work with. I uh, feel that asking for their benevolent support is always good. I'd also like to remind you to thank them if they've worked with you for a ritual or just holding support. Always give your gratitude for that. They just like to be thanked um, as energies and as deities and as benevolent beings. The other question that Brooke had was she's familiar with sage for cleansing and she's also heard me mention Palo Santo. What is the difference? Well, they're both cleansing and grounding and clearing of energy in your home, in your space, of your body when you work with the smoke. They're um, 
they both have similar properties. The difference is where they're from. Sage is a plant. It's a leafy and, and it has a pretty strong smell and a lot of people are familiar with it. Palo Santo is from South America. Predominantly, that's the only place I've ever heard of it being from. And it is known as holy wood. And you burn it in a similar fashion as sage, although it kind of has a tendency to go out on its own. But, it, you know, just like with anything burning, be careful, <laughs> be mindful. Um, the smell is a beautiful, aromatic, woodsy smell. And yeah, I love it. I adore it. So I hope you get your hands on some and try it out. And with that being said, I'm going to let you guys go so you can go ahead and listen to the lecture. So thank you so much, everyone, for coming out tonight. It's really cool to see this many people um, in the room. Mm. And um, some of you I don't are, might be familiar with this poem by Carrie Lee Miller, but um, some of you may not. It's, it's a pretty recent poem. I believe she wrote it last year. Mm. And um, I thought it would be fitting to start the night off by reading this poem and then getting into our talk and which will be followed by our ritual, which will be on the river, which is really beautiful tonight. Mm. Nice to see water in there. Um, <laughs> so um, go ahead and just start and let's see. Okay. So it's called We Are the Granddaughters of the Witches You Could Not Burn by Carrie Lee Miller. We are the granddaughters and great-granddaughters of the witches you could not burn, as well as some of those whom you did. We did not have the teachers to show us the way. We did not have the time round their hearth to know. Some of them hid in the shadows of new faith to protect their families from the oil, stakes, and gallows. Some of us were able to hear their tales and learn their ways. Many of us, we are just learning from our blood, begging us to remember who we are begging us to go back to the earth, go back to the hearth, go back to our cauldrons and herbs. We are the granddaughters of the witches you could not burn. We will take this earth into a new space and heal her with our blood, our tears, our joys, our laughter, our pains. We will stand strongly with our partners, families, children, sisters and brothers, and make this change like a hurricane of new. We are the granddaughters and great-granddaughters of the witches you could not burn and the ones you did. Like the phoenix, we rise for them, wings spread out to encompass the great all. As they meant it to be for us, so will it be. We will not be staked this time. We will rise. We will heal. We will be that which is most greatly feared. Self-governing mothers, nurturing this world in one way or another, Childless or many babes, it matters not. For we have been greatly underestimated, as has our blood. We are the granddaughters of the witches you could not burn. Their spirits live wildly within us. Mm. I, I, first time I heard this, I was in tears. Um, I mean, it still makes me emotional because there's such power. And she. I feel like she channeled that you know, directly from, like, a descendant, you know, or from the earth. Um, and, and I think that's, this is part of why we're, we're here tonight, you know. Um, we're going to talk about some uncomfortable stuff in the lightest way possible. 
Um, but ultimately, the goal here tonight is to not just talk about suffering. The goal is to talk about how do we come out of this? How do we call back our power, our wisdom, whether we're conscious of it or not? We all have these connections. Um, and the biggest thing with trauma is even if you didn't experience it, if your relative experienced it, it is now scientifically proven to be passed down in your DNA. Mm -hmm. So until you deal with it, it's still there, even if it's dormant, you know, or not acknowledged or expressed. So, um, yeah, I'm going to be doing a bunch of talking, but I also encourage you guys to, you know, chime in, raise your hand, and, uh, you know, we'll definitely get a conversation going. And um, we'll talk about a few things. So the first thing, I'm going to give you the Webster Dictionary definition of witch hunt. Um, and it's a campaign directed against a person or group holding unpopular or unorthodox ideas. Okay. So how many of you have um, felt that you've ever been kind of persecuted or kind of maybe judged for your unorthodox ideas. Raise your hands. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we all can relate. I, I think I think most people can on some level. And there's you know, um, and it doesn't always happen all your life. It might happen at a certain point in your life. It might happen, you see it, you witness it. So what is the origin and the purpose? So the quickest and easiest way to subordinate a people is um, to more author authoritarian control, and it's also to openly denigrate women. Mm. Right? Yes. So um, some of you might be, or you might hear, if you're into like the metaphysical community and stuff, you might hear a lot of buzz of, we're moving back to a matriarchal society. Has anyone heard that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, something that I channeled that I was really hesitant to share for a long time because that people were gonna think I'm crazy was <laughs> I <laughs> I got this download of information basically saying that you know ancient Egyptian and even around you know that time that a lot of the wise people the people who were in the temples they all knew that this patriarchal energy was coming. Like way before it, a lot of them put the knowledge to sleep willingly and, you know, um, whether they buried it, hid it, or they off themselves. Um, this was the information that I got. Um, and now they're all coming back, whether in current lives or in teachings that are being un like discovered all of a sudden because it's time to bring balance back. You know, it's not just about... Um, feminine energy taking over the planet, it's about bringing balance. Mm -hmm. you know? Okay. So I'm going to give you a list of some causes of why there would be a witch hunt or, you know, um, persecution. What are the four main causes throughout history that have kind of created mass chaos around the subject? Um, would be religious conflict, socio-political conflict, which could be like economy, so people, it's almost like, oh, they're threatening my farming, <laughs> you know, 
that's a witch, you know, that kind of thing. Hmm. Class conflict um, and gender conflict. Okay. So now we're going to get into the not like, I mean, I will spare you all of the crap that I've been reading for the last months um, because it's been very depressing. You know, like reading about persecution and all the trial, different types of trials or ways. Um, but I'm going to just kind of roll through an outline of what I, you know, have been reading about. So some of the most brutal and largest scale executions in history. Can some of you guess what some of the methods of ex execution were? Burning. Burning. That's usually a big one, right? Um, hanging. Being beheaded, being tortured, mm. right? Can you imagine now if you have a relative who undergo, like, underwent all of that, and you know how that would be traumatized and set into the body, mm. and passed down, and down, and down. Um, also, uh, past lives. I mean, how many of you feel like maybe in a past life you were persecuted? How many feel like you did the person, like you were doing the punishing? I'm, I, you know, you have both. I, a lot of times you feel like you have to learn. You go back and forth, back and forth. Um, so, here's our historical documentations. Would anyone like to say anything before I run through the list? <laughs> anything? No. Okay. Rome, uh, 331 BC, 170 women. 184 BC, 2,000 people executed. Accused of creating an illness and an epidemic. All because they were like, you, you created this plague. Um, between 182 BC and 100 BC, there were 3,000 documented killings. Okay, can you imagine now the ones that weren't documented? Right. Okay. Okay, let's see. Oh, early modern Europe. Um, spread panic under the guise and the fear that satanic witches threatened Christianity, which a lot of people are aware of. But during the 15th through the 18th century, um, over three centuries, there were an estimated 40,000 to 60,000 um, deaths because of this accusation. Not because it was proven, it was accusation. The most notorious trials, um, we have Scottish North Berwick trials, um, the, the Swedish Torsaker tri witch trial, the American Salem witch trials, and the Trier witch trials in Germany, which they were notorious. There was three of them. Um, from 1581 to 1593 was the Germany trials. Um, America's first witch trial was actually not in Salem. It was in 1645 in Springfield, Massachusetts. And it was uh, Mary and Joseph Parsons. They were a couple, and their the their child had died, and the neighbor was kind of you know uh, threatened by their economic status, like they were starting to do well for themselves, and then started a rumor that the wife and the, the husband sacrificed the child hmm. for ritual, causing mass havoc and the first witch trial in Amer in the Americas. Um, ultimately, the husband was found innocent, mm -hmm. and the wife 
was eventually acquitted, but not for a while. So that also tells you something. Like the husband was just, oh, yeah, yeah, you're innocent. Um, during that time, there were six others that were hung, uh, you know, because they were accused of doing witchcraft. Moving on to which most people, I'm sure you guys know, is anyone here not know about the Salem witch trials or didn't learn about it or... So, from 1692 to 1693, 200 people were arrested. I'm sorry, 2,000 people were arrested. Um, there was executions of 20 people. 14 women, all met by hanging except for one who died in actual prison. Um, uh, is anybody from New England? Yeah, okay. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I actually call it witch burning country. Like, yeah, it's pretty intense uh, growing up in New England. Um, so, so where the, the hanging square is actually Danvers. It's called Danvers, Massachusetts. So, um, yeah, and none of, none of these people, contrary to belief, were burned. They were all hung on what's called Gallows Hill. Okay. Isn't this fun? <laughs> okay. So um, deaths in early modern Europe and colonial North America between 1450 through 1750, estimate, I love the low estimate when you look up these facts of 35,000 to 100,000. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's closer to 100,000. <laughs> okay, until the Witchcraft Act of 1735. Okay, so this was passed in um, Great Britain in, by Parliament, um, and it made it a crime to claim that any human had magical powers or was guilty of practicing witchcraft. The maximum penalty was a year of imprisonment. Okay. Let's get to the fun, upsetting stuff. Modern day persecution. Okay. Um, in India, there was about 2,100 deaths between the year 2000 and 2012. In Africa, in the following cities, you have Sierra Leone, uh, Tanzania, Kenya, Nigeria, Cameroon, Ghana, and Gambia. Indonesia, Nepal, Saudi Arabia. The most recent that I could find documented persecution um, was October 11th, 2014. Seven people, mostly elderly in Tanzania, were burned. Mm. Yeah, accused of witchcraft. Okay. Now, as if it doesn't get like heinous enough, very long time ago in 1487, two Dominican monks, Kramer and Springer, wrote the book The Malice Maleficorum, which means hammer against witches in Latin. And it explains in detail how to capture and torture witches. It includes pre-written confessions that victims could, mostly women, were forced to sign, um, admit that admit heinous crimes or to devil worship. And like under duress, they would get them to sign these things. It also included a supposed message from the Pope and an endorsement from the theological faculty at the University of Cologne. Um, a few scholars have, you know, they've announced that they're pretty sure they're forged <laughs> all this. Um, after this book was published, the persecution of witches intensified around Europe as it spread across the country. And it was reprinted 29 times between 1487 and 1669. And you can still get a copy today. Yeah. So that's all the fun, horrible facts. 
um, that I could stomach to go through. I've been just looking at this stuff for a few months now. Um, and just talking about it and making ourselves aware of it, you know, I want you to really kind of tune in and connect with yourselves. And some of you may be aware of your own personal history, um, your ancestral line. Um, you might be aware of past lives. You might be just be an empathetic human being that feels this stuff and knows that it's not helping you do your work here. It's not helping your families or your community or your friends to hold on to this stuff. We're, we're here to do some important work. I mean, it's no coincidence there's so many of you guys in the room tonight, you know, which I think is, speaks a lot to how important it is for us not only to acknowledge these things that have happened, but to not suffer from them anymore and to say, you know what? These are terrible things. We do acknowledge that they happened, but we don't need to be carrying the torch of the pain anymore. So tonight, that's what we're going to do. And I, I want to encourage you guys to talk about maybe ways that you have felt this kind of these kind of experiences maybe have affected you in your life or maybe ways that you've taken action to overcome or how to be an example for maybe important people in your life. Does anyone have anything that they want to open up about? I mean, it's a kind of a vulnerable thing, but we're all here to support each other. That's the other thing is there's a lot of people who are interested in this kind of stuff you know, and more and more people are opening their minds up to whether it's like mystical things, but um, it's hard to be vulnerable too, because you're, you're, it's not all like, oh my God, fairies are nice, but it's not all fairies and like, you know, crystals are pretty, but it brings up your shit, right? Yeah. I mean, this stuff's all great. It's like a nice balance, but there are these dark, aspects of things that we also have to acknowledge that's a very human and um, real life day-to-day -day stuff that we have to deal with you know yeah I know this goes timely but I was recently I don't know if it was two weeks ago at a decolonization kind of women's focus event and the focus was actually on the survivorship victimhood and feeling like a victim and kind of feeling isolated and alone as if we're only one uh, disassociated rock on sure. a disassociated island, whereas the uh, difference between the interconnected web of ancestry and lineage between all of us. It was so refreshing to hear the outburst. Yeah, for sure. Thank you for sharing that. And I think a lot of us who are also, you know, there's so much fear in connecting as well like we want it but we're so afraid of it because we've been conditioned that as women and as people like we need to this is breaking out of that patriarchal cycle of like we've been taught that you don't trust each other mm -hmm. um, be fearful of each other you might mm -hmm. hurt each other you know i personally am not a joiner i and i say that like laughing and you know like I'm, oh. i mean i love um connecting but it scares the shit out of me 
And part of it is because I know I'm also really fucking codependent. <laughs> Even though I don't act like it, it's one of those things where it's like if I really allowed myself to open up, what will they do to me? They might ruin me. You know, really irrational stuff. Um, so remembering that, yeah, um, there is that element. We are connected. We're not, but we also have our own idiosyncrasies and we have to kind of get comfortable first. And, um, and that's okay too. You don't have to, there's a lot of communities and they're great, but you don't also have to just join in like, ooh, I'm all here, let me love you. You know, take your time. Build, build that sense of feeling comfortable up. You don't have to be open just because someone tells you to, you know. Mm -hmm. But give yourself permission to step outside of your comfort zone a little bit more each time, you know. Maybe make eye contact. <laughs> Maybe say hi. <laughs> you know, um, you know, dip your little, you know, your big toe in for a minute. And <laughs> but um, also be just be a little bit easier on your process, you know. Um, you know, we don't have to all be like, we're sisters. Because that feels fucking phony. Like, but we can say we're here to help each other. That feels really good to me to say. You know, I'm getting to know you. I'm getting to know this art where we, you know, what we connect on. And, you know, maybe how we can help each other see from a different perspective. Okay. So, healing wounds, when they are imprinted on the individual. Is that a gun? What was that? A backfire? Like a truck backfiring? I know, they're all gone. <laughs> they're gone with that. I just, I don't know if we did it. <laughs> um, okay. So, I want us to just take a moment. Just let me drive for a minute. You guys, just relax. Close your eyes. Just take a nice inhale in through the nose. And exhale all the way out. And just again, we're going to do this two more times. Inhale in through the nose. And exhale all the way out. One more time. Inhale in. And now when you exhale, really just drop all your cares and all your worries just down to the earth. Let her take it from you. And like, let yourself just do some long, deep breathing. Letting yourself come to this room into your body, into the space, allowing yourself to fully arrive. Bringing yourself just to the center of your body and dropping into your heart, just checking in there and seeing if your heart has anything it wants to share with you today. It's an impression, a word, a feeling. And you're gonna just keep dropping Drop to the base of your spine and your, feel the root system there, your support. And notice what that feels like there. A lot of us, if we have survival fears or issues or trauma, we hold a lot of pain um, in the lower back. 
base of our spine or we hold tightness there. And I want you to just breathe into it and bring some light energy into that area and know that it's okay to just be here today because you also chose to come on an epic full moon to do this work because that shows me you're serious. You're ready to let go and drop old stories, old ideas, old wounds. And it can look like whatever it needs to look like. There's no right or wrong way to do this. It's just whatever works for you. So what I want you to do now is just really ask that base of your spine. Tune into that energy. I want you to ask it, what does it need from you to feel supported? What does it need more or less of? And really just let yourself take that in. And now, what I'm going to ask you to do is, on the count of three, your body is going to light up in certain areas where you're holding any wounds or trauma related to persecution or confinement. And I want you to, just at the count of three, notice, not react to them, but just notice it. One, two, three. Just notice it. It might be a feeling or a sensation, or you might notice like a density in one area or multiple areas. I want you to breathe light into those areas or area now. Breathe in, filling up any of those areas or spaces with light, watching it break up and become more etheric. Exhaling out any stress or tension. Just letting it happen and knowing that even if you can't get all of those areas to break up or to loosen, that you've initiated the process and it's just going to continue. You know, even over like the next few days, it will leave as it needs to. But we're going to thank it now. Just really as it's leaving, as it's exiting, I want you to consciously or telepathically send it some gratitude and say, thank you for being with me. Thank you for holding space in my body so that I could be ready to let it go today. Thank you for caring for me, but now it is time for you to leave. And letting it all go. And now breathe in and we're going to breathe in a higher frequency of some love and some supportive energies that can now come and fill the space where those things once held you hostage, where they once took up room and kept you from doing things that maybe you wanted to do, where they kept you quiet when you wanted to speak, where they made you scream or run in fear instead of holding your ground. Bring in that new supportive energy now to continue that process of pushing out the old unsupportive energy. And you're not only doing this for you, you're doing it for your ancestors, 
You're doing it for your relatives. You're doing it for your family, for your children if you have them, for your community, for whoever you hold support for, because you're doing this for you and for them. Now bring in some nice, beautiful breath of gratitude for yourself for showing up here today. And just being here now. I'm going to count to three, and on three, you will be fully awake, alert, and present in this room like you just had a great night's sleep. One, two, three. So one of the ways that we can honor this archetype within us, this powerful woman, this witch, use your words wisely, right? We forget, we talk to ourselves horribly sometimes, or we forget things that we've said to ourselves. I definitely said things when I was younger out of anger and I'm like, Oh my God, that one time when I was 14 and I said this, that's what never happened. I'm like still unraveling, right? Our words, they, um, so think about it before you say something that is derogatory to yourself or to your situation or limiting. And I'm not saying you have to be poly positive and phony about it. Like, oh, life's great. Because when you're being sarcastic, that is harmful too, because it's not authentic. But I want you to start thinking of ways that you can talk things up or a looking at challenges as opportunities and saying, this is an opportunity for me to educate, this is an opportunity for me to learn. Um, this is an opportunity for our healing, you know. So really kind of allowing yourselves to shift your words. Um, okay. Do not ignore the trickster, the coyote. Does anyone know what that means when I say that? Mm -hmm. Does anyone feel like, what the hell does that mean? Okay, so um, coyote, uh, you know, coyote is also like known as the Heoka, is the sacred clown. Coyote is the trickster. He is the prankster. When you're being too serious, the coyote will show up. And usually it's like um, an unpleasant kind of like, Oh man, like eight bad dates in a row. <laughs> you know, like something's pretty ridiculous, like burn your mouth on something you've been waiting for. Like anything, anytime you're being way too serious, like the coyote will show up. Coyote can be a person, the coyote can be a situation. It could be a little coyote living here, like in LA. Um, sometimes I've had situations where I'm like, oh man, two of you? I like running. I'm like, What's gonna happen now? <laughs> you, know, like, you know, and sure enough, something happened. Like, <clears throat> but the coyote is also about finding your humor mm -hmm. in what's happening. Like, we gotta lighten up. You know, yes, there's serious stuff happening in the world, but there's, it's not gonna help you or your well-being to like torment yourself with all of the travesties of everything, 
I mean, you can, by all means, but I don't, I don't know if you're going to leave the house or anything for that matter. I've tried, you know. Um, okay. Make offerings to the land. What does that mean? You know, you're t listen, if you're becoming an ambassador for being an empowered, you know, feminine archetype, take care of the earth, you know? Sometimes I'll just walk around and I pick up trash when I see it. I'm not saying you have to do that, but think about how we interact with the earth. We're so mindless sometimes. Mm -hmm. That also helps heal, not just you, but it heals others. You know, that's a huge way of healing wounds is giving, you know, reconnecting. Not in it, yes, it, it does work for the individual, but think of how big of a ripple effect that has on the people and the animals and the, you know, little kids that go by and see stuff or, you know, and other plants and things. Okay. Anoint and cherish your body, your wisdom, and your gifts. How many people, like, that's the last thing they do, would do? Mm. Or have the hardest time, right? Mm -hmm. Taking that time to go, I am a sacred vessel, you know, like, let me take the time to, like, oh, okay. Um, you help heal wounds with gentleness. Mm. You're not going to teach a little girl or a little boy, like, you know, the, what is it that you, most people, like, encourage them to take care of themselves, but then we're the last ones to take care of this body. Mm -hmm. So think about it when you're, what you're putting into it, um, in, in your mind, too. What kind of garbage do we fill our mind with on a daily basis? Um, to start thinking about things like that. You know. Be a proactive witch and force for healing. <laughs> Some of these notes are funny. Um, <laughs> um, what do you guys, I mean, do, do any of you guys have ideas about what it means to be a proactive witch? It doesn't mean you have to like go out to the neighborhood and be like, "I'm your neighborhood witch." <laughs> hey, everybody! Like you're going door to door. <laughs> right? Like, hi! Right? Yeah, I've got some brochures. I made you some cookies. You want some cheese? <laughs> but I mean, I mean, saying this, like, I'll tell you, I. I did, there's a lot of, moving to California nine years ago for me was really interesting because I moved from New England and like I, I mentioned it was witch burning country and people were really not into, into this stuff at all and I moved here and I was like, oh my God, people are really out there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right? I'll be, I, so I've become, come, come out, you know, and I came out to my like community back in Rhode Island and it was very intense. <laughs> like you do what for a living? <laughs> Um, and I thought being out here, I was like safe from the judgment, but I'll tell you even, um, and because also because it's like on trend right now to be witchy with like mm -hmm. American horror story and everything else. Um, but just, um, a few weeks ago, I ran into the man, I rent an office. I'm, a, I, I work full time as a, a, you know, spiritual counselor, medium, Anyway, I rent an office out of a building that has a few things in it. There's an acupuncturist, a facialist, a Pilates studio, the whole stuff, right? And the manager 
brought up to me about like a building meeting and how that there were um, some folks, there was a few people who are really kind of uncomfortable with a witch being in the building. And I was like, what? Like, they was so floored that that was said to me. I was like, did this just happen? Um, and, um, and then she was like, I was like, really? Well, what do you mean? And I opened the door. And then she proceeded to tell me specific people and their concerns and it, and it, I mean, there was a big part of it that felt like it was her pushing her own uncomfortability, but, um, I'm just like listening and then I don't know, I just started crying and I, all of a sudden, it wasn't like just me crying. I felt like, uh, like a bunch of people in me crying. It was crazy. I've not had that kind of experience in a long time. Um, unless I've gone to like war torn or like where there's been battles like on the land like this was just like in my office like I felt like I said like it felt like there was a hundred people in my body crying and um, my former I mean I guess not even that long ago I mean if, if she had approached me like I don't know last year I probably would like Fuck all you. I'm out of here. I'm going to quit. You know, I'm going to leave. And went and hid. But um, I sat with it, which is also something I don't normally do. I'm pretty impulsive. Um, so it happens when you survive trauma and all these other things. You react. You know, I'll fix it. I'll fix it. But I was like, you know what? Okay. Just sit with it. And then figure out what to do. And I've never done that before. I'm 39 years old. I've never done that before. I've never said, let me think about it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I did. I thought about it. And I waited a week, which is like, I have an Aries moon. I'm like, that felt like a fucking year. <laughs> um, so, and then I drafted an email. And I said, you know, I can't come to the building meeting, but let me take this opportunity to introduce myself. I've been renting this space for the last seven months. You guys might have seen me. It's come to my attention that some of you are uncomfortable with the witch being in the building. But let me tell you what I do. And I wasn't like snarky or sarcastic. I just said, look, this is what I do. And I explained. And I said, and um, if you want to like actually know more about what I do, look at my website. Here's a link. Here's a link to Yelp. I have a Yelp. I'm a real person. Um, and if you see me, respectfully ask me if you have any questions. I would be more than happy to talk with you. And let me also ex know, like, let you know that I extend a courtesy discount to anyone who works in the building. And <laughs> I was just trying to be cool. Do you know, not one fucking person. <clears throat> no one wrote me back wow. for like two and a half weeks. And like, I walked in and I've seen couples of people there and they just look at me like, and look the other way. I'm like, are you kidding me? And then just yesterday, so it's been like three weeks now, I got one email, but three weeks later, <laughs> really three weeks later, um, that was intense. Well, she was very like, I want you to know that I'm like really devastated that I hurt your feelings and you know she was it took yeah she was like I would never judge anyone based on on you know um what their beliefs are and that's the other thing I said you know what I do um outside of the building is not anyone's concern nor 
should it be like mm-hmm. my practice you know that kind of thing mm-hmm. but she did apologize and felt really terrible um and was like thank you for being so gracious with all of this like it was that was that was nice but good god waiting for three weeks to like you know be uncomfortable going in and i'm like <laughs> you know so this is what i'm saying about being a proactive witch and a force for healing now Maybe that's all that needed to happen was that one person needed to, to understand that. And then I feel like, okay, my work is done. I would have been super bummed if no one had responded at all, which I was getting super bummed. I was starting to really lose my faith in I'm like, why am I doing this? Why am I here? Um, so when I say that, educate people. Don't just be pissed at them for not getting it. But keep your side of the street clean. Tell them what the deal is, you know, and then um, you can't be responsible for how they react, but you can know that you, you're a classy lady. You held it, you know, you shared, you were shared this part of yourself in a respectful, healthy way, and you're showing them how to do it too. Okay. A lot of ruckus happening outside. <laughs> I know, the full moon. Yes. I heard a good thing one of my um, witchy friends told me like part of our job is to normalize it and yeah. I really like that idea I of, love that of making contemporary feminist witches something that's like super normal right not mm-hmm. like a joke or a stereotype or like something to judge or um you know yeah. bring all sorts of ageist sizest you know whatever all the isms Mm-hmm. They're all entrenched in the way we hate women that are powerful. Mm-hmm. And totally. I think if we can like just make it, yeah, like you're a Sikh, you're a Buddhist, I'm a witch, you know, you're a Christian. Like, can't we all just be who we are here? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, we're fighting years of people saying it's true. you can't. Right? It's true. But, but no, that's our job. It is know? our job. It's the mm-hmm. time to Totally. Do it. Yeah. Um, thank you. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Do you mind if I chime in? But you reminded me. I also feel like witch is so synonymous as a definition with the word women, mm-hmm. also with the word like healer and helper. Mm-hmm. And I also feel like there's sometimes a schism with like the trend of witchy or witches right. and not understanding that there kind of always tends to be, whether it's overtly or not, like a political mm-hmm. kind of aspect of witches as helpers to the community and people who kind of are servants of kind of others um, because they have this power, um, which extends to healing others in the earth and so on and so forth. So I think that's a really important thing for me to kind of talk about when I talk to people. It's not just, oh, like I have a cool crystal. It's totally. it's like, actually, this is a longer lineage yes. that has been going on for thousands of years that is of service to more than just ourselves. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And that's perfect. That's and that that's what this is also about being in the community and normalizing like and and being like yeah it's not just an outfit I put on today it's not something that I'm into for this moment this is my life this is a lifestyle I live like this mm-hmm. I'm not just trying it on mm-hmm. um, you know and whether you use uh, witch bruja strega curandera you know whatever word you might use uh, medicine woman you know this is it's all the same. We're, we're here for each other, but we're not here to be abused. We're not here to be taken advantage of. And I'll tell you right now, we're here to help guide people to heal themselves. You're not gonna just, none of us are gonna 
like if someone's going to make you responsible for your heal for their healing then you're not doing your job because nobody can do that you have to heal yourself you can get support you can get guidance you can get like cheerleaders while you run up the hill doing it but no one else can do it for you and that's what we're here to do we're here teaching people how to fish basically um something else that i been really feeling is and, and reminding myself is that if you're a witch you can't be a victim at the same time and remind yourself that so if you're victimizing yourself then you're not a witch <laughs> so that's part of it it's owning your shit right okay yes terrible things can happen but you do not have to be victimized by it you do not have to be victimized you that can suck beyond belief but you can choose to say you know what this is not going to take me down you know and if you don't know how that's not going to take you down ask for help you know humbly ask for help i i know personally i have a hard time asking for help because i immediately go to suspect like what am i have to do in return <laughs> like you know that um, or, or just being like not wanting to be seen as like vulnerable not wanting to be seen as weak or, or um you know I mean, that's why I got a bunch of tattoos, because I wanted to pretend that I was tough, you know, not because, I mean, I like them, but it really was an armor. When I think about it, I'm like, oh, I got all these for armor, you know. Why do you think I got a tattoo my face? I mean, come on, most people, like, face tattoos are crazy. Look good. Get away from me. <laughs> okay. So we ended on kind of a high note there, and I'm really happy to say I felt really good about coming together and really proud of so many pretty special and awesome women being able to hold space for each other in this way. Thank you all again for listening. Have a beautiful rest of your week, and blessed be.